Well, I want to tell you, I'm so... I'm very excited to do this episode. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm overjoyed. I'm, 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 this is a, this is a movie I grew up with. Did you grow up with this movie? No, no, I did not. Well, all right, then I, I will, uh, I've, you know, I've seen it less like I can count on one hand how many times I've seen it and I don't need oh. all the fingers. Don't need all the fingers. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we're the movie men. <laughs> we are. I'm Peter. Uh, yes, you are. And um, <laughs> we're, I don't know why I'm being elusive. I'm Brady. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we do this show on the internet. And mm. occasionally y'all vote. And uh, you tell us what movies we're going to watch and review. And you did that. Hmm. Not only so they did that, and as as we're about to say, this is the year two thousand that we voted. And let me tell you, Brady, when I was tallying the votes and I had them all added up in front of me, I looked. You're making at the, me sound lazy. You're making me sound like I don't. No, like, no, 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 know. no. Like when I when I tally all the votes, <laughs> like I always have to do. No, no, I mean if we were all like measuring, like the next segment, we could talk about all the editing you do. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) No, Um, so I was looking at all the votes, and it it was really close. There were two films that stood out far and away with the rest of them, and I looked Mm. at those two and how close the votes were, and I said, dang, we're in a tight spot. Close as in they were completely tied. Uh, Yeah, you didn't like my use of George Clooney's line? I, I did, I did. Okay, okay, okay. I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a bad enough it wasn't a bad enough reference to make me want to R U N N O F T. Nice, right? But yes, um, yeah, we we had a vote. Oh, brother, where art thou? One, just kind of. barely, just ba- well, w- yeah, it, it was th- a tie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do both. We're gonna do Oh, brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. Yep. And Castaway. Yes. In this mm-hmm. very episode. No, this In this, this very episode. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, we will do, we're going to do Castaway soon. At a future date, yeah, sometime. Yeah, 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 in the next little bit. Uh, mm. But, oh, brother, weren't thou? A George Clooney rendition of, uh, well, I mean, he didn't direct it, but... <laughs> he certainly stars in it as the yeah. one capable of abstract thought um, mm. in a kind of inspired by telling of Homer's uh, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So how how familiar are you with Homer's Odyssey? I was going to get to this, but uh, since you brought it up now, I'm not familiar with it. I, I know like a general premise that there's an individual and there's a war and when the war is finished, then... This individual journeys home, and there's a bunch of you know ups and downs, and I think like I think quite eventually he maybe gets to where he wants to go, but like not not the same as he was. Like I think all his crews deceased, and he's seen a lot of stuff. But beyond right. that, and that I might not even be like completely correct about what I just said, but just in a nutshell, I kind of have an idea. But beyond that, I'm not as not as familiar as I want to be because I. When I finished the film, I was curious if I would have been more intrigued by decisions of the film, being like, "Ooh, yeah, like I, 
ooh, this is an interesting take on that, or ooh, yeah, th- in the story, this is what happens here. So uh, there right. were sometimes I wish I did know the story more. Do, were you familiar with it? Not at all. In fact, I actually I just learned, um, I just learned everything I know about it just now while you were. <laughs> I had forgot. Like I, I either forgot or didn't even know that this film was based on that story. And then obviously it's right in the cred- opening credits. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so listen, we're gonna we're gonna get to what we think of this movie, um, but I kind of want to do something a little differently than what we normally do. Sure, if that's okay. Of course. Uh, so a number of years ago, um, I want to say like four, four cool. years ago. Is that cool. is that sound right? About four years ago, uh, I sat across my kitchen table. From someone who I would be, uh, I'd be lying to you if I said anything other than he's one of the the most learned men that I think I know. Um, hmm. You know, just just when it comes to to uh, good life stuff, I, I don't know how else to say it. Just good, solid, solid. He's just a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, cool. and, and abstract thought actually. And, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and just, you know, the ability to, to be able to sit and have sort of a nice weighted conversation. Um, now he sat across from, from me at my kitchen table and he began to, to tell me a tale, um, that was just crazy enough to be, you know, it, it it was crazy enough that it made it seem real, made it seem like, okay, yeah, you know what? I think there hmm. might actually be something to what you're saying. And he was talking about this movie. He was talking about, oh, brother, where aren't thou? Hmm. Uh, and he was telling me about how, oh, brother, where aren't thou is basically a massive metaphor for Christianity, for the Christian faith. Uh and it was I I I've gone to talk about it a couple of times since then with people, and I've never been able to get really any of the details proper. Um, and uh, so, anyways, when this when when I knew that we were doing this episode, I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, do you have? Is there like like you know? Is there an article? Is there a link you can send me? Like where where is all of this information?" Um, and he said you know, up in my noggin, <laughs> like this, this is mine. This is my brainchild. I, you know, I came up hmm. with this, uh, and, and he's like taught it to youth groups and stuff like that. And up until this point, like he typically just ad libs it. Um, hmm. and he says, but I can, I can, you know, I can write down some notes for you. And I said, that would be incredible. Uh, and so he's done that for me in the fashion of, uh, like a scene by scene breakdown um, of what happens in the movie and and sort of, you know, the um, the biblical or the faith-based tie-in. Hmm. Um, and so I, I would kind of like to just run through these somewhat rapid fire. Uh, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to read verbatim what he's written here. Um, cool. I'd like to go th- through them somewhat rapid fire and just kind of get like a sentence or two of reaction and feedback from you as we go. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Everett, Pete, and Delmar are on a chain gang locked together. 
right? Oh yeah, uh, that's where. And we beside open up, that, yeah. he's got they're convicted of sin. Sure. Uh, they try to break free and run from their fate. They seek redemption. Okay. Uh, they jump a train, and the men on board do not respond to them. The train is taking the men to heaven. They can't hear him speaking. Notice they are leaning on sacks of flour. More on this later. (laughs) Pete stumbles, causing Everett and Delmar to be pulled off the train. They can't go to heaven because they haven't been redeemed yet. The train continues on, and almost immediately, a handcar comes along with a blind man on it, and they join him. Obviously, the handcar is supernatural, otherwise it would have been run over by the train that just went by. Mm. The old blind man tells them their future. And he says the old blind man is an angel. More on this later. He foretells (laughs) their salvation. They visit Pete's cousin, who breaks their leg irons off. They've lost their chains, but are still not free. They listen to the Papio Daniel Flower Hour on the radio. The radio is a metaphor for the voice of God. More on this later. Washington Hogwallop turns them in for a reward, turns them in for the reward money because the sheriff wants them. Right? Pete's, Pete's cousin. Mm, yep. The, the sheriff is a metaphor for the devil. He is always seen with a bloodhound and fire is reflected in his sunglasses. Fire hell, reflected glasses because he wants to, uh, reflective glasses because he wants to be partially blinded. More on this later. They elude the sheriff and stumble across a religious uh, congregation performing baptisms. Delmar joins the congregation to get baptized. He's immediately, uh, he immediately confesses his sins. They continue their journey and meet Tommy Johnston, a, uh, based on Robert Johnston, the blues guitarist, who allegedly <laughs> sold his soul to the devil. Tommy says he sold his soul to the devil. Tommy represents the people who are willing to risk their souls for treasures and talents of this world. When asked to describe the devil, he basically describes the sheriff. Empty eyes, mirrored glasses, big hollow voice, bullhorn, and a mean old hound. (laughs) They drive Tommy to Wheezy, the radio station that plays the flower hour so that they can get money for singing into a can. The owner of the radio station is blind. Hence, he is also an angel, just like the blind seer they met earlier. The radio station he operates plays the flower hour with Papio Daniel, governor and owner of a flour mill. It broadcasts gospel music and is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit who communicates with whoever, whoever will listen. Papi, or Father O'Daniel, right? Papi hmm. being a you know, a, a name that can be used for father. Father O'Daniel is the preacher who also owns a flour mill from which comes the Eucharist or bread of life. That's why the dead people on the train were leaning on sacks of flour. Hmm. Delmar and Everett meet Big Dan Teague. Uh, he earns their trust, betrays, beats hmm and robs them. Pete is not there 
because he gave into temptation and was turned in by the sirens. Uh, so he's back in chains because he gave into temptation. Mm-hmm. Big Dan is blind in one eye. Therefore, he is an angel, but he's a fallen angel. That's why he deceives and betrays them. He steals their car in order to stop them from reaching salvation. Uh, notice the f- that the fallen angel claims to sell Bibles, but he quotes the book's names incorrectly. I think I forgot about that part, because he did do that, right? Gen- Genesee, from Genesee to something, he says, yeah. <laughs> See, I assume that was just his accent, but fair enough. Yeah. Uh, They meet up with Everett's ex-wife. She has divorced him and tells their daughters that he was hit by a train. The train is the symbol of salvation. You are supposed to be on it, not run over by it. Everett does not have Hmm. salvation, but neither does she. Everett and Delmar go to a movie. Suddenly, the chain gang is led to watch a film. They find Pete that night. They break him out of prison again. Pete's temptation caused him to be in chains, a slave to sin. His friends help him to break free. Now Pete and Everett confess their sins. Hmm. They stumble across a KKK meeting. One of the guards is Big Dan. The leader of the clan is Homer Stokes, who is hoping to replace Governor O'Daniel in the upcoming election. The KKK are planning to lynch Tommy and the boys break him free. Now that Pete, Delmar, and Everett have confessed their sins to one another, they are able to see evil more clearly. Homer Stokes is a disciple of Satan, which is why Big Dan, the fallen angel, is also there. Homer Stokes hopes to replace Papio Daniel as leader of the state. This is a metaphor for Satan setting up a false church. Notice that once Tommy confesses his sin, the others are able to f- help free him. They, are now, they now continue their journey to salvation. The four men attend a political dinner. Homer Stokes tries to turn people against them. He gets run out of town on a pole, literally. Governor Hmm. O'Daniel pardons them once again. This is on the radio. They join Pappy and his brain trust. Homer Stokes, as an an agent of Satan, tries to convict the men of their sin. Pappy, Father O'Daniel absolves them of their sins and compels them to sin no more they have now secured their salvation everett and his wife are now reconciled they head to the cabin to find the wedding ring upon arriving they find the sheriff there waiting to capture them the devil is hoping to snare them and snatch them from the hand of jesus they tell the sheriff that they were pardoned by the governor the sheriff says we ain't got no radio The radio, being a symbol of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the devil cannot hear the Word of God or receive the Holy Spirit. Everett drops Hmm. to his knees and confesses to God. A massive flood comes from the breaking of a levee, and uh, they're all washed up in it. The flood is a symbol of baptism. The devil and his demons are destroyed. However, the men are redeemed, and they remain alive. They, so they remain alive. As Everett walks with his wife and daughters, you see a blind seer from the beginning of the movie in the background. The angel, perhaps a guardian angel, is there watching 
though he is blind. Notice how the blind are the ones who can actually see, and the sighted have no real vision. And that's it. That's the notes. That's the notes that he's, you know. And so, listen. Hmm. Hmm. I'll admit when he all those years ago when he he started into this, I thought, yeah, yeah um, you know. I, I don't know. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, there's like a odd number of blind people in this movie. Sure. And, um, and so yeah, blind people and then the flower checked out and the, the radio as a, a metaphor for the voice of God. That's how, you know, that's, that's how all of these plot points are moved along is with the radio. Um, I don't know, man. I, I it's, it's got just enough crazy in it that it's <laughs> that it that is probably there's something there. What are your thoughts? So first of all, that's quite interesting, and um, I think I think we can all think of examples of friends or people that we watch on YouTube or critics that f- can find something in anything that can kind of if they want to explore a theme or a story aspect and say hey like I've, I'm connecting these dots and here you go and sure. like you're saying you know uh, you know some things can kind of be crazy or some things can kind of just be like well that's not that wild I'm not that interested I don't think this is this is for first of all it's fascinating second yeah. of all I think it is wild enough that it's Inter- piqued my interest but it is grounded enough in the connective tissue that you're connecting these dots with that as you explain it to me that it's like hmm you know it's not just really it, obviously it is one person's interpretation but it's not that out to lunch is what I'm trying sure. to say well it, it's just so intricate I think yeah. like like of of the theories that you hear from movies um, I think typically they lack this degree of intricacy um, and to be able to just have that many ties, like that many things that kind of tie into each other without, you know, without needing to stretch things a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, like everything, everything you're saying checks out. Um, hmm. I have no argument against it. Um, <laughs> like, you know, so it's, it's cool. I think, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. Like the, the sheriff is always seen with fire reflective, reflecting in his classes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of these things. And, and yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's just a really, as, as fan theories go, I think this right. is just about as intricate and therefore just about as credible, uh, as they come. I say, and I think the thing is, it's out there, and it's incredible. But it, you don't really have to take a leap of faith to kind of go, okay, yeah, I see it. But um, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Do I do, do I do I have one? <laughs> I oh wait, oh I can, hang on. Let me turn it up. Let me turn it up. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Woo! There so, it is. First of all, a nice. B that might be our first. It like live sound effect on our show ever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah, and um, it's, it's it's here to stay. I think. I hope so. Um, yeah, you know, it's you don't really have to go out on a limb to believe anything that they're saying. Like it, you can have an interesting conversation about that. So I want to pick a couple things and just kind of. Uh, just my thoughts on what you just said. There was a couple things sure. I made a note yeah. of that I just want to pick your brain. Um, 
so I think it is interesting because there's a lot of themes in this that I never really noticed until you've highlighted them. But there's the theme of the flower. There's the theme of the radio and what it means. And yeah, a lot of, you know, theme of the blind characters and specifically the the blind character, like on the rail. I'm not sure what that device is called where he's pushing himself, but it, it sh- he shows up at the beginning and at the end. So as a side note, it's, it'd be interesting to know, like the Coen brothers uh, who obviously wrote and made this film, I think they've got a bit of a tendency or legacy or history of having maybe some nuanced film with some some ripples in it. So I don't think it's a coincidence that there's all these things and uh, your friend kind of going on a limb and kind of connecting them. Like, I think that's very cool. And it'd be interesting sure. to know how much was intentional and how much was just the theme of, you know, like the Southern Baptist kind of culture that this movie takes place in. And it just so happens to deal with things like baptism and radio and preachers and whatnot. And sure. they, they kind of go hand in hand. But the, so my interesting thoughts is I think I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this theory. And overall, I'm it's intriguing. But the things that stuck out. So Big Dan is an interesting point. And the fact that, yes, he was blind, but he was only partially blind. So kind of being the fallen angel, I thought that was just intriguing. Mm, yeah. It's someone who's someone who sells yeah. Bibles but does it for the wrong reason and has oh, has yeah. lost touch with what the word even says. He's he's forgotten how to pronounce the names of the books. Yeah. <laughs> which I which I think I'm wondering if I just miswatched it or if because I just watched that and I assumed it was just his southern accent mispronouncing like that's just how he pronounced Genesis, but I think that's an interesting point. Maybe he just didn't know the books of the name like the names of the book. Yeah, maybe. So, re- regarding to the angel, something I'm I'm not understanding. So, we've got the angel at the beginning that I think that, like, resoundingly I agree with who's on that rail car, and I, I get that metaphor. I get Big Dan with the fallen angel. I'm just not quite completely understanding the second blind man when he's in the radio station because he, like, he wasn't prophetic, and he wasn't as... He wasn't fallen like Dan. Like he was, he was just kind of in between. Like he was still kind of racist and just kind of normal. So I'm just curious. I'm just wondering how he fits in because the first angel was kind of this prophetic, neutral guy who wasn't racist and who wasn't a jerk and helped the guys along. And obviously, Big Dan was fallen and he screwed the guys over. But I'm just wondering, like, do, what are your thoughts on that specifically? That second blind man and how he fits into the angel theory, or am I overthinking it? Uh, okay. So a couple things. One, um, I don't think that Wheezy was, um, you know, racist, racist by today's standards. Sure. Racist by the 1930s standards. He's not the racist people in this movie. Um, sure. The fact the, the, his use of the word Negro was is just a a time period accurate mm-hmm. term um an un, 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 un unfortunate reality of the time sure um likewise is is him referring to it as a genre of music um and and that they don't play that you know i i don't think that's any different than him saying you know we don't play that music I I don't know that that's necessarily any different than a rock station saying we don't play country, we don't play hick okay. music, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
as far as his connection or, or as far as the credibility of him being an angel, um, so if the metaphor is that um, that Papi O'Daniel, Father O'Daniel, uh, which, I mean, that's uncanny. Like, how do you, like, that's just so good. If that's not a thing, then that's <laughs> stupid coincidence. But, uh, um, uh, if he's a preacher, if Papio Daniel is a preacher, and the radio station represents the word of God, um, and, and, and the means of the Holy Spirit, the means of, of, of getting it out there, right? Um, getting out the word. Uh, then the fact that he's the one operating the radio station, he's the one facilitating the delivery of, of the Holy Spirit. He's the one facilitating the delivery of the word of God, um, hmm. which certainly, you know, yeah, then paints him as some sort of angelic being. Hmm. Hmm. Um, something that I think you, you kind of made a point of, if it's not something related to this theory, then like it's, it's coming really close. What sure. like I, you've seen this a lot more than I have. So when I saw this, I was surprised and it was interesting as far as the story is we've got this contending governor or this contending politician who hmm. Homer really Stokes. is paint. Homer Stokes, yeah. Who's, is you is <laughs> or is you ain't my <laughs> constituency. And he's really painted in one light. And then we see him and like you reveal or like you said in this theory, he's revealed as the leader of the clan. And it is interesting from that point on, before I knew this th- fan theory, we, we do see this like he is just a totally different character as far as like his, I guess you could say his true colors are showing or um, he, he's painted back a little bit from what we thought he was. And that's something that I just wonder like what I'm wondering what I thought of that or what you thought of that before you have this fan theory to kind of go along with because like what is this transition of him being something and then just at that turning point what did like is there anything there? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no two ways about it. When the, when the sheep's clothing is no longer on the wolf, Homer Stokes Mm. is is a piece of shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I mean, I don't know if I thought anything uniquely of it out again, outside of this theory, but you know, again, that it, it just works that it's, it's, it's the deception. It's the the uh, you know presenting itself in the means of pleasure and appealing things and enticement um you know sweet talking you into things when in reality it's it's evil and corruption and 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 you know and mm-hmm. just prejudice and and all of this stuff uh, yeah. So I again, I don't know that I thought of I thought of it in any way other than than you know just he's he's a politician who is very misguided is a, is not a good guy, um, yeah. and and certainly shouldn't be elected. Things things are going to go pretty <laughs> poorly for certain groups of people if this guy uh. makes governor. Looks like at least if that hall is any indication, it doesn't look like he's he's gonna be uh, reelected. Hopefully, 
No. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I think it's ultimately interesting, right? Because I think on one hand, you could make the argument that, you know, if you have enough themes that are related to the Depression in the 1930s in the Bible Belt, eventually you're going to come up with a lot of Judeo-Christian themes that you can tie together, like, like say, for example, the flood representing baptism. So I think I think there's sometimes you could take a seat back and be like, okay, like maybe you're making something out of nothing. But with the volume of things and the connectivity of the things, you know, eventually all these themes, you know, like the flower radio, the characters that are blind, yeah, like... At some point, you got to wonder, I think there's a bigger theme going on here or what it represents or what it can be a metaphor for. And um, yeah, that's I think that's a really interesting, uh, really interesting theory. I think it's just the reoccurrence of all of those elements, right? So it, mm. it'd be one thing to say, oh, you know, this happens at one point and maybe it means this. But to say, I think this means this and all other four times that this pops up it still fits um Mm. that i think is is what adds some some gravitas to to the theory right and and just makes it a little more like okay yeah like you know every time this happens in the movie it does seem to represent this doesn't it or or it could because there's no instances of that happening where where it would conflict the theory and I think this is a movie that, if you want it to, it can lend itself to theories like that. Because it's a real movie about a real time and it has some realism. But it is the artistic path that I think this movie takes does lend itself into a little bit of surreal components. Like when Tommy joins the car and there's a five-minute conversation about how he sold his sold his soul to the devil and uh, right. to get oh, good, good son, guitar skills. You sold your soul for that. Right. Like, I mean, like that, I, I watched that and I was entertained by that scene, but at the end I'm like, okay, that's kind of like an interesting conversation. Like that's not really a reality based conversation. The last time I picked up a friend that's, you know, that's not in line with something that would really say. So I'm just saying, or even with the man on the rail tracks who give, gave the boys a ride, like there's, there's elements to this movie that can lend itself because to a theory because it takes kind of an art artistic uh path and right so yeah, i mean uh, yeah. interestingly in the tw- in the 30s and 40s um making deals at crossroads that was that was a uh you know and and probably exists and has existed since um but a lot of the lore that comes out of uh in the character that he's based off of specifically gave a lot away to the to the the story of selling your soul at the crossroads for something in exchange right hmm. and then you know maybe you make the deal and it gives you some sort of wonderful ability and then you have 10 years hmm. you have 10 years and once those 10 years are up then the hellhounds um <laughs> Your time comes due, and the hellhounds will come and, and collect you and 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 drag you down. Um, but which is you know, so there's a lot of music. There's a lot of music from that time um, that is you know thematically based on selling your soul and hellhounds and and you know the devil and and stuff like that because it was it was a time of of i don't know if it was like a part of it was the depression and 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 desperation led to people you know desperate times call for 
but um but yeah so that's uh, that's just a fun little tidbit is that like he's based you know he's obviously based off a a real character inspired by a real character um there are other characters in this like uh you know babyface nelson george nelson was a a bank robber from the 1930s um hmm. he died when he was 25 years old uh his actual his birth name was lester lester Oh shoot! What was Lester's last name? It wasn't wasn't Nelson? But yeah, George Nelson was his uh, his his bank robin name, um, and yeah, and he was hmm. nicknamed. I don't think he ever referred to himself that way, but he was he was you know his nickname was Babyface Nelson. Um, so that's that's a real character as well. Uh, question for you, please. Uh, how jarring is the the not only the cows getting shot, but the cow that gets like lodged <laughs> in the underside of the car. Like it's graphic, man. Like it's, it's so. So is a side note. It never it never ceases to amaze the movies that I find on Disney Plus. Like I'm I'm just so I'm still not used to just. Is this real? Is this on Disney Plus? It that's how I watched it. Oh, okay, I own, so, I own it, so I just I just watched right. it the old OG way. But the old G way. There's just so many films that are on Disney Plus that I just sometimes have trouble getting my mind around that being like this is not a children's movie, but it's on Disney. Well, it's because anyway. they own Fox, right? So it, I know it would have been um, tied into the what is it in Canada? It's Stars. Yeah, is right. the yeah, but um, yeah. I, I rewound it and watched it a couple times, just not that I got That's any gross. joy. <laughs> not, that, not that I got joy. Hey, from honey, come it. look at it. You're not going to believe this, honey. <laughs> look at this cow. Look at this dumb cow. Just gets plowed by this. <laughs> I was just curious. Like, A, I was shocked that it happened, but B, I was just curious how the CGI held up because I'm obviously like, they didn't use a real cow. <laughs> it holds up great. <laughs> it actually. Yeah, it really does. It holds up pretty darn good. Yeah, for sure. But it it was a shocking re- revelation in that. It's, if you're not prepared scene. for it, it's an <laughs> it was, upsetting moment. You're it just was like, because he wild. shoots it, he shoots it, and you're oh, like, oh my gosh, like I didn't expect. God, you just see the bullet holes, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know is the cow gets run over, and you're like, holy shit, like. What am I watching? It's like the it's like it's like when you're watching um uh uh uh, uh Hacksaw Ridge. And you watch the first half of the movie and you're like, oh, this is, you know, oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden there's a moment where you're like, what movie am I <laughs> encountering? Good lord. I love mm-hmm. Hacksaw Ridge. Anyways, I know um, the number of times to bring up like we'll be talking about Toy Story, and you're like, yeah, well that reminds me in Hacksaw Ridge. There's this. Yeah, remember one the guy scene. that loses his guts in Hacksaw Ridge? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it shows. We we bring up what we want to bring up. Like I brought up the I found a way to bring up the Great Gatsby in Cruella. You find a way to bring up Hacksaw Ridge in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's it's good. It's good. It is, you know, like if I, if we're sitting here and all of a sudden, you know, I want to talk about tuna fish sandwiches and, and dysentery, then, <laughs> you know, then I'll just bring it up. I had gout yeah, on the I mind mean, last week and I asked you if you had you gout. You did. Yep. You, yeah. That is a fact. Yeah. I, yeah. I, for the record, I don't have gout. Neither I, do I. I. No. Okay. But it's not a joking matter, I'm sure. 
No, 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 no. I've, I've, I hear it's very painful, incredibly painful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the soundtrack. So let's talk about soundtrack. Um, sure. Now George Clooney doesn't sing in this film. I, <laughs> but he came damn close. Really? Um, so he he was actually he spent a couple of weeks practicing his uh, his singing. Uh, then ultimately they decided to go another go direction. Elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what is his name? Blake? Uh, some t- Tim Blake Nelson? Is that mm. his name? The guy that plays Delmar? I, Look it up. Yeah. Look it up quick. Oh yeah, it, it, it is up. Tim Blake Nelson. Okay, Tim I'm, Blake I'm Nelson. Looking at it. He yeah. does actually sing. Um, in the jailhouse now in this well that's interesting these are like those are songs that have have existed that and my favorite song from the movie a song that I've been singing for the last two days Big Rock Candy Mountains oh my gosh like Hmm. it's just it's oh yeah and then I'll just find myself like whistling it I'll be in the middle of something and I'm like (laughs) in the Big Rock Candy Mountains like yeah I just I love that song um, You'll be in the middle of your tuna fish and dysentery and humming that tune. Yeah, in the in the middle of my <laughs> not now, honey. Wait till I'm finished my dysentery. Um, <laughs> but I, I I love it because it's not only is it such an old timey song, sure. um, but it's evident that it's an old timey song by the lyrics, right? So so lyrics like birds and the bees and the cigarette trees. That's not something that you would mm. ever sing about as a nice, beautiful, pleasurable thing nowadays. <laughs> yeah. um, no. So I just, I love that. Uh, in the Jailhouse Now, obviously, you've got occurrences of songs like You Are My Sunshine. Um, and uh, and then, obviously, Man of Constant Sorrow, which is the song for which the Soggy Bottom Boys become... The, and to me, this is like the funniest part of the movie. is. Sure that they they recorded this song in a tin can and then they went on the run and Mm. they haven't been listening to the radio they haven't been keeping up with the charts uh you know and so little do they know their song has ended up on the radio and has ended up on the radio with force they are the most sought after musical group and they're not even a freaking musical group um, hmm. but they're the most sought after musical group because of this recording. So when they find, so to me, the concert that they do at the end is so funny because, uh, they start to play the song and the place loses their shit. Like everyone's, everyone's like, hot dang, it's the it's soggy bottom boys. And, and people are standing up and clapping and cheering. It's the song's just starting and they have a standing ovation. And, mm. and there's this amazing moment where Everett, before he starts singing, Everett looks back, turns around and looks back at Pete and Delmar and just gives them this look that is like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what, what am I missing here? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that they are, they are a phenomenon. Like people are just crazy about. And so to me, that's so funny that these three guys who are on the run from the law are also the biggest, biggest musical group around. Uh, and they have no idea. They have no idea their song has even, has, has even made it onto the radio. 
Yeah, that is an interesting uh, component in their in their storyline for sure. You're a big soundtrack guy, though, so talk to me about music. Yeah, you know, I it's it's definitely one of those films that uh, it has a strong soundtrack, or at least I would say it's a strong storyline, and part of its backbone is the soundtrack, right? Like I would say, I I, w- I would go out and say the storyline and the um, the soundtrack are equally as important. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely, and yeah. and one I think, I think one feeds the other. Yeah, because I think there's some films, and you're you're not always the biggest soundtrack guy, and it depends on the film, obviously. But I feel like this story is quite hollow without the soundtrack. And oh yeah, how it feeds into the location where it's set, the time period, all these different facets are just fueled by the soundtrack completely. And we'll we'll talk about how we score and rank the movie at the end. But I think. The soundtrack, actually, I've got some numbers here. I think the soundtrack might have been the best thing I ranked about the movie. No, I didn't. No, it was the second best thing. But regardless, I think it's 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 definitely strong. Um, and it, you can't help but hum or like tap your feet or kind of uh, sing along to definitely some of the songs as it's happening or when you're walking away from the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, can I tell you about something? Please. So, uh, so I grew up with this movie. My mom, my mom loves this movie. Um, and so, when I was growing up, uh, we had VHS of it. Um, remember those days? Remember tape? <laughs> Do I ever? And uh, and so, so I grew up with it. And uh, this, this is a we had, um, we had the movie on VHS. But boy, you better believe we had the soundtrack on CD, uh, and I would oh. listen to this thing in the car. On so it wasn't just like it wasn't just the movie. Like that's that's next level. When you because you you can only watch a movie every so often. Yep. But if it's in the car, you can listen to a soundtrack almost every day. Yep. And so that's an that's a whole nother level of falling in love with. So like when I watched this movie this week, not only did I have the nostalgia and the love and all those memories from all the times I've seen the movie, um, but also all of that nostalgia and and positive feelings from all of those years listening to it in the car. Right, learning it's it's through that that I learned the lyrics to in the jailhouse now and Big Rock Candy Mountain and and um, uh, down by the river to pray and all of these songs was because we had them all on this friggin' VHS uh, or on this uh, this CD in the car CD um, yeah 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 and so anyway so I g- grew up with it right um, and so my mom knows I love this movie uh, hmm. spoiler alert. And um, so, like, two or three years ago, she went out, and, and I don't know how she tracked this down, because uh, it only, it, it, it wasn't actually a product back in the 30s. Um, they kind of made it up for the movie, and mm. I guess produced it as a product, as a novelty item since then, okay. Uh, okay. but she bought me a tin of <laughs> Dapper Dan pomade. Oh. Um, and yeah, so to me that's just like a, you know, it's it's just uh That's yeah. next level. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it's com- just it's so fun. Like it's it's <laughs> is, it's this is kind it completely of thing. for show or did you ever use it? Um, I I used it. Okay, so it wasn't. So here's the problem. Sure. Um, it they made they made a line of them. Um, uh, wait, hang on a second here. I'm I'm just googling something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Water based dapper dam pomade is inspired by. Made in the... Oh, I'm completely out to lunch. It was around in the 1920s. Um, oh. Huh. 1920s and 30s. Oh, cool. So, but Dapper Dan was an actual thing. Um, anyway, right. so she got me She got me Dapper Dan. Uh, it wasn't... The one she got me was a... Um, wasn't actually the pomade. It was mm. a was like a a wax or something like a hair oh, wax. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which I didn't uh, like a matte wax and 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 I sure. didn't uh, or clay like a, yeah matte clay type. Th- anyways, I didn't use it. Um, but I since then like I kind of scraped all of the shit out of the tin and cleaned up <laughs> the tin and and have it now kind of as a like on the shelf kind of. That's cool decorative piece. that's cool um what did you do with the hairnet that came with it uh yeah exactly right but uh i, I yeah so i posted uh it was fun because i posted a picture of it on instagram at the time and the caption was i don't want fop damn it and um <laughs> and a couple people got it and it was it was just kind of this cool like secret handshake that you had with a mm. select few who were like oh i, yep. I get this you know yeah i get this but yeah, the movie's got a lot of fun, fun lines. Like you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want, I don't want fop. Damn it, I'm a dapper Dan man. Um, <laughs> and damn, we're in a tight spot. And R U N N O F T. And um, uh, I we thought use was a toad. Yes. And, or or just you know they loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. Um, do not seek the treasure. Like there's, there's, it's got some, some quotable lines, Hmm. but, uh, do you have anything, do you have any notes there that we haven't, we haven't really, you know, brushed over? I don't think so. I think that, I think that kind of goes most over most things. What's your overall impression on the film? My, I did not grow up with it nearly as much as you did if at all um so i think from the sounds that i'm getting from you you know i'm getting a picture of like a rotisserie chicken rolling over the fire and like slowly pouring like different oils and seasonings over it over time and just letting it slowly cook so it's had some time to brew some time to marinate just with you owning the movie as a kid the cd as a kid i think i've seen it twice for sure maybe three times and so I, I've only watched it as intellectually, like this is a movie I've watched and, and that's it. And I, there's just something about it. I don't think it's just my fit of a movie or it's, it just doesn't turn the crank for me. Um, and I, I don't have any significant faults with it as we discuss it, even without this theory that kind of adds an interesting wrinkle to it. There's, there's just, uh, there's interesting components. There's fun lines. There's great songs. There's all these interesting parts. Just for me, they don't add together to mix the right cake that I want to eat. Um, I don't know if it's the tone of the film, the period, and everything that comes with it, or just the actual pace of the storyline. 
And again, maybe the maybe I would find also that specific component more interesting if I actually knew the Odyssey a bit more, or if at all. So I think it just comes down to there's other Coen brother films that I adore more, and like specifically Raising Arizona, The Big Lebowski, True Grit, Fargo, um, not Hail Caesar because that was a flop. But um, yeah, I, I, this film is really popular. It really is. Uh, not only with you that I've just found out, but family members, friends. Uh, Pre-COVID, we would have a yearly Christmas movie with extended family, and we would all put down, like, it's a yearly vote and process about how we come to one film. And every year, it seemed that Oh Brother, Where Art Thou would literally make it into the top four, top three, as we got voting and kind of working our, whittling our way down to it. And there's something about it that every time it came close, I'd kind of go, eh, I, I guess. And again, it's not that it's a bad film. It's just it's just not for me. So um, I think it just ultimately falls down to that. It's it's an interesting film. It's well made. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. Huh. Wait. Well, then. Did you? Hey, I'm just looking on Facebook. Brady unfriended me. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that's generally how I feel. I, and I, I'm glad it won because it did. it is an interesting film to dissect and, and kind of break down. So I'm, I'm not regretful that it won. And I'm also not regretful that I watched it again because it had been long enough that I literally forgot most of the story. So it was a fascinating ride, but I don't need to rewatch it anytime soon. Well, <laughs> my mother would be ashamed of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I probably will watch it quite in the next couple of years for sure because, like, so many family members do adore it, so it's probably going to happen. I would hope so. I I'm, mm. I like your family. <laughs> All right, Thank zero you. to ten it for me then, sir. Yeah, you know, it, it ultimately, I've got two scales that I use. My own is just how much effort, what I want to put into it, would I pay money to see it in theaters? Would I buy it? Would I rent it? Would I only do it if there's no other choice? The Wi-Fi cut out at the cottage and it's pouring rain. And then the other is Marshall's scale that's just a typical on a scale of 10, where does it rank? So on my scale, it felt, it was accurate. I would pay money to rent it, which I mean, I paid money on a streaming site to watch it. So I mean, I'm counting that as interchangeable, but I wouldn't put much more effort into it. I would not need to feel the need to buy it or see it in theaters. So for me, it's a 4.7 out of 10. Watching it, renting it is more than enough. On Marshall scale, I gave it a 5 out of 10. So just on a normal, average, typical scale of 0 to 10, it's a 5 for me. Not bad, but not, not in my hallowed upper echelon of films. Uh, and did Marshall, what? I think, did Marshall vote for this? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm assuming it's like a an, an eight or above. Right. So Marshall now also thinks that you're a dirtbag. That's, that's, <laughs> that's fine. What did you give it out of 10? I mean, you know what? I think this is one of the things that m- gives our podcast uh, so much delicious flavor is is oh yeah is our um sometimes aligning but also sometimes grossly differing opinions when it comes to things um and uh yeah so uh, you know 
<laughs> this doesn't happen a lot. Oh, really? Oh my! I know where this is going. The listener doesn't know. I'm. They're in for a treat. I I can't. I can't pinpoint wow. anything wrong with this movie. Well, oh. I can't think of anything I would want to change. Hmm. It makes okay. me laugh. It's yep. got great music. It's sure. fun. I give it a ten out of ten. And I hate okay. doing that. You I do. Hate, I you hate giving do. movies ten out of ten. For the record, there was like a back-to-back week where I think we reviewed like Great Gatsby and La La Land, or they were pretty close together. Yeah, you did it twice. And I just, and I just coincidentally like they were so close together that I gave them ten. And you specifically said, Pete, you can't do that. Like it lowers your credibility. It does if you give out tens. And and I agree. And I don't give out a lot of tens. They just happen to be back-to-back. And yeah. you don't give out a lot of tens either, but it it does happen on the rare, well deserving occasion. I guess I, I would say I'm far more hesitant to give them out than you are. I I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't say you're like a willy nilly just throw them around kind of guy. But I also mm. think that like you're more likely to give a film you like a ten. I think you're more likely to score a film emotionally than I am. Is that fair? I. I, I see what you're saying. I don't think that's true because I'm thinking it literally was a few kind of that were pieced together that I look back and I still will give them a 10. And I think if it was true what you're saying, and I'm not trying to burst a bubble for any series that we do in the future, but there's been some movies that I've watched that I've really heavily criticized going, is this a 10 or is this a 9? So I've... um. It, I I would say I disagree, but I you're not far off. There are sure. I'm I'm open to giving something a ten, I guess. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Semantics, semantics. Yeah. So ten. Wow. Okay. So and 10. I mean, and I mean the way you're going on about it, anything less than a ten would be hypocritical, and I don't mean that in a critical way. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh. So. Speaking of Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hand things over to the to the guy. The big guy. Hey fellas, Marshall here. This week I watched Bong Joon Ho's twenty thirteen film, Snowpiercer. It's a post apocalyptic film set almost entirely on a train that endlessly circles a frozen earth in the future. What did you guys watch? Well, well there you, you go. go. I <laughs> well do it jinx. Jinx. So now Um you can't say anything until someone says your name three times. Otherwise, you owe me a two-liter bottle of pop. You know that when <laughs> or or I or I owe you a tuna sandwich. Yeah, or dysentery. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll get it to you one of these days. Uh, you know, when I was on the playground and we used to like friends, kids would jinx each other. There was nothing more appealing than a two-liter bottle of pop or soda, yeah, depending it's amazing. on where you are in yeah, the world. Yeah, it's amazing the things that you value as a child that now you have access to, but it's like, eh. But doesn't appeal to me in the drink. slightest. Well, it's just like, I can't drink two liters, two liter bottles of pop. Like, I can't do that. It's not good for me to just do that as much as I want. So, Well, and I'm even like, I'm at, the, I'm at the age now where I'm like, if it's not diet soda, I'm <laughs> not, I don't know that I'm interested. That's just too much right. sugar, man. Right. Oh yeah, fair enough. You know? And I'm one of those, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know 
Sure. I said I just said diet soda, and there's going to be this slew of like aspartame gives you cancer, and I'm like, you know what? First of all, we don't have any actual scientific studies done that are substantial that prove that aspartame gives you cancer. We just don't. Look it up. Google it. We just don't. (laughs) Second of all, if we did, if we had empirical data that said aspartame causes cancer, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be allowed to use it as a food additive. You just wouldn't. There wouldn't be, the, the fact that there's so many sodas made with aspartame, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a thing. So, yeah. so just, just stifle. <laughs> I, I can tell this is a heated topic. Getting back to the point, two things. Thank you for Marshall for uh, dropping a message into the show and setting off our uh, What You Watch segment. Thank you, as always. And uh, if anyone else wants to do so, they can always feel welcome to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll answer the man. Do it. Yeah, he asked okay. you, you know, technically he asked <laughs> both of us, but you go first. Sure. So he, he kind of, okay. and then you're, because you're going to end up asking me anyways. Yes. So, yes, so yes. I, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay, so one is a retroactive one that I totally forgot to mention uh, last week, and it had to do with our Batman. There was a connection to our Batman episode. I watched a Val Kilmer movie Ooh, with, with a you. friend of the show. You could you could say he was a founding father of the show in a way. Maybe I, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. Like, I'm not saying he... Uh, I don't know. He he helped us with moving movie name movie men names podcast names. I guess we were in the movie men at that point. Mm. Regardless, Ben. Friend ben, friend of the show, Ben. I, cool. I, I'm really fumbling around this this uh shout out here. Ben and I watched a movie on our deck remotely. Over like we like spaced out over six feet, we're wearing masks, the TV was on the deck. It was it was within public health guidelines. But That's we watched cute. a movie together. It was it was kinda cute. It was. But we watched an interesting film. We watched a movie from 1993 called Tombstone. And it's an interesting film. Not just because it has Val Kilmer. It has Kurt Russell. It has Sam Elliott. And if you or the listener don't know who that is, just picture like a white mustache and a famous Texas accent. And he's in every movie that has a character that needs that role. Yeah, he plays... Uh, um Sam Elliott, he played the two roles that are popping into mind as he plays Bradley Cooper's, Cooper's older brother in the latest Star is Born. Yes, 100%. Yep, uh, that's and who. he also plays Thunderbolt Ross in the Eric Bana, uh, Ang Lee Hulk from 2003. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that, but you're totally right on who Sam you're is. You're not missing much. For sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, it also had Bill Paxton. Oh, the late. It had... Yeah, yes, unfortunately. Um, it had Michael Rooker, who to me isn't a big deal, but he played the racist jerk on uh, the Walking Dead TV show. It had some, apparently, Billy Bob Thornton. I don't remember him being in this, but there was definitely some Billy Zane, some Terry O'Quinn, which is relevant to me rewatching Lost, and a brief role of. Um, oh, what's his name? Charlton Heston. Uh-huh. So this movie, 
This movie had so many famous actors, and I think there was like a blend of famous at the time were kind of in their golden years as far as Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston, and then some that were kind of up and coming. But regardless, so the only thing this of- film is missing is Sean Connery. <laughs> Apparently, he played Cactus Number Four. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. whatever, Chicago whatever that fish. means. <laughs> regardless, incredibly crazy star-studded st- cast. Very cool movie. Um, apparently, um, just how Val Kilmer performed in Tombstone did help nudge him into the direction of being chosen for Batman, so that was the tie-in. Anyway, fun movie. I would call it a classic just because of who's all in it and how solid of a film it was. It was definitely, um, it was probably like Ben's equivalent of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like he loved this movie. He's grown up with it. Um, solid film. I think you got to check it out. It's rated R and it's on Disney Plus, which to me just uh, doesn't it, coincide, yeah. but it's a thing. It's I a thing. Be, I'll ask, yeah, I'll have to ask my mom, but. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, very cool movie. Shout out to Ben, who I'm assuming would just re- give a, an equally resounding endorsement of that film. So well. was it on your deck or was it on his? It was on my deck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Listen. When no, you, no, no, when, hey, hey, no, you, no, 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 hey, hey, you know, don't, no, don't. You know, I, I, I'd like to bring something to the attention of, of the jury, shall I? <laughs> that you're three hours, two and a half hours away from me. No, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, hang on, okay, hang on, okay, hang on. Sure, what do uh, you, break it down, break it down. We, we have actually just crossed the two full year milestone. Oh, yeah, we definitely have. Uh, so we're in our third year of this show. Which is wild. We are honing in on 150 episodes. Mm-hmm. This is episode 143, and we're honing in. Uh, probably end of July will be mm-hmm. 150. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw you... <laughs> was to record episode 50 and 51 and 51 but whatever mainly 50 <laughs> uh, so it's it's been 100 episodes apart yeah two thirds of the show yeah yeah have happened not only during during a pandemic when we can't go see movies for our damn movie podcast. Good God. What a shit time to, you know, if we'd known, if we'd known that, you know, that all the movie theaters were about to close. Do you think, do you think there would have been like some second guessing? I might have been like, what? I might have been like, you know, uh, let's let's do it on on gerbils or something. Let's 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 not pick movies because you know let's do video games. Let's do video games, not movies. But uh, it's been interesting. So, anyways, all of that is to say, not only have I not been invited to come watch a movie on your deck, but I haven't been invited to come watch a movie on Ben's deck either. So, what the hell, Ben? What the hell? Anyways, that's that's 
Wow, that is bold. I mean, Ben's deck. Um, yeah, tune in. Yeah, Ben. Ben. Wait, why do? Why are we calling out Ben? He he's a nice guy. We love Ben. I used to I used to sit in Ben's woodshed thing. His shed, his tool shed, made of wood. Yes, which makes it kind of a a, a wood shed. <laughs> And, and sh- you know, playing cards and a shooting them dice. I think I think we're getting a little off track here. I think that if we can summarize things, we miss hanging out because of COVID. And we look forward to hanging out as soon as it is safe to do so. Yeah, screw you, Ben. No, uh, don't say so- that. Do not say that to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you're joking. Uh, no, I'm so I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. It was a good movie? It was really good. It was really good. good. A good recommendation on his part. The only other good. thing I watched was The Nightingale from 2018. Incredibly heavy movie. It's a drama thriller. Um, I would not recommend it to anyone. Not because it was poorly made. It was a very well-made movie, but it was intense and almost to the almost too much. I would say way too much. It just had some really, I don't want to call it graphic um, stuff in it because it didn't actually show anything, but it just it like had some very, uh, it, it portrayed some relationships that were like horrible things were done or bad things were done. And it was, it was a movie that really fuel was fueling into kind of making the audience not shy. It didn't shy away from realisms of the time. So an interesting film, but I would never recommend it. Or if anyone did want to watch it, they really need to just be aware of the mature themes that are in it and the parental rating. But The Nightingale, sure. an interesting film. It was set in Australia in the 1800s. So there was, there was definitely some fascinating stuff about it, but very serious. What did you watch this week? Um, I think I only have, I have two films to report. Sure. Um, yeah. And then two other things to touch on. Okay. Uh, so the films that I watched would be Iron Man 3. Uh, um, the Journey moving Continues. On, okay. Moving on to phase two mm-hmm. of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. Iron. That's not true. Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. Oh, have all. You know, okay, so here's the thing. No. Technically, last night was the first time I've ever seen it all the way through because I have. <laughs> wow, I have without fail fallen asleep all four times I've tried to watch it, except Ooh. for last night. Chugged a coffee during the movie. I maybe dozed for a minute, but but was there for basically the whole film. Um, I give it a four point five out of ten. You know, it's not the garbage that I thought it was, but I do think it's among the weakest, if not the weakest, movie in the MCU. Fair enough. Um, yep. But what's exciting about it is tonight, after this, I'm going to go watch uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, which is is basically one of the strongest, probably top five strongest films. Hmm in the MCU. So it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's an ugly, ugly pit before the beautiful mountain. Um, it's a roller coaster for sure. The, the downs come it is before a roller the coaster. Yeah. So watch those, uh, watched, um, the conjuring three, the devil made me do it, which oh, just is that came the, out this Is that week. the new release? Like the new one? It's the new one. And, wow. um, I will say, 
it's been a long time since I've encountered a horror film that disturbing. Oh. Like just, you know, it just, the one of the persons I watched it with who lo- has loved the rest of the Conjuring universe, you know, the movie ended and I said, so, and they were like, you know, that just hit different. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, oh, it's dark. Oh. It's dark and it's it's creepy and it's it's powerful. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That says something because it's not like the original Conjuring is Mary Poppins. Like it's it's pretty somber. Oh, it's it's it, pretty it, intense it, it, to begin yeah. with. And you know, and I think what's so interesting about the Conjuring one. So there's this whole Conjuring universe, um, but specifically. Uh, specifically the Conjuring films, like the three main now, main installments in it, are all based on on true records, based on based on genuine claims. Mm. Um and so that I think that always adds this extra layer of yep. you know yep. extra layer of creepy creepy. Um <laughs> the other two things that I wanted to touch on, one is that I have been I've made a glorious return and I'm now um, uh, approaching a quarter of the way through the fourth season of 24. Mm. Um, and I have a quick review of a new streaming service that I signed up for. Oh. Uh, so I signed up for Paramount Plus. No. What's okay? Which Canadian is $6 a month. Yep. Super cheap. Yep. Uh, and unless you're interested in the one of the 20 shows that are available on the Canadian version, <laughs> so not worth it. Okay. The Canadian version is the same price as the American version, like once oh. you factor in the exchange rate. Sure. Uh, and there's literally, there's 20 shows <laughs> and there's no movies and there's no... Uh, the American one is just friggin' loaded. I looked at a list of what's on the American one. The sure. American one looks incredible. Oh, man. Incredible for that price. Uh, the Canadian one's terrible. With the exceptions of, they have um, C- the all of the CSI shows. Oh. Like all seasons of all CSI. So that intrigues me a little bit. Sure. Uh, they have the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch series. Okay. They have Happy Days. They have 40 seasons of Survivor. Dear Moses. Which is kind of a fun throwback, you know. Yeah. Uh, But the reason I signed up for it, and the thing that I will watch just before I cancel that garbage, Mm -hmm. is uh, the new updated CGI crazy 3D computer animation Rugrats revival. Oh. Yeah, so. Huh. Man, the '90s kid in me is just out, just ready to go. But it was fun. So I watched, I watched like just two minutes, just kind of like loaded up one of the episodes, and it uh, the Rugrats theme starts to play, right? And it's like the doon 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 doon, and you're like, oh, it's Rugrats, but they've like updated, so it's the, it's the same, it's the same intro from the original show but instead of chucky like riding around on a corded vacuum he's sitting on top of one of those little robotic ones that like bump into the walls and then change directions and so it's just like 
it's like a fresh take on it. So I don't know. I haven't watched any episodes yet. Um, so I don't know. It, it could be garbage or it could be, you know, it could be like what they did with the, the horrible magic school bus revival, which was garbage <laughs> and don't watch it. Um, but I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's, you know, I'm hoping it's worth the price of admission mm-hmm. because very little of the rest of it is. So, oh, yeah. Disappointing. Wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, like, follow, subscribe on all our social media pages are, and they are listed below, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out our Patreon page, our merchandise page. It's ways for you to help us um, keep the show going, keep the show growing. And it's ways for us to give perks back to you. Um, and again, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. And if you're super bored... As I know you are. <laughs> uh, when you're fun, when you're done listening, when you're fun, when you're fun, when you're done listening to this episode, head down into the description and check out my gaming YouTube channel. Nice. Where I upload an, an hour of content every weekday. Woo. That's five hours a week. That's a de- decent amount of That's content. 20 hours a month. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of hours a year. A year. I, 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 <laughs> It's a, it's it's a, it's a bunch. I'll do the math some other time. Sure. Yeah. Um yeah, join us next week for Batman, I think. I think we're yes. doing speaking of George Clooney. Speaking of JC. G- speaking of Clooney. GC, pardon me. GC. Uh. <laughs> and 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 Arnold The only Arnold thing the only thing I know about or that I think I know about is that I think this is the nipple Batman. Am I, am I right? Uh, Batman gets pretty nipply in this one. <laughs> well, tune in, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in for the bat nipples. Same <laughs> Batman time. Same Batman channel.